everyone, I'm Kate. And I'm Libby. We're the creators of Tales by Mail, and this is our brand new podcast. Welcome to our Lands to Get Lost In themed podcast episode. Today, we'll introduce you to the books we included in our June 2021 box. The Lands to Get Lost In box featured two brand new novels about winding mythical worlds, author letters, collectible activity pages and surprises. In this podcast, we'll be joined by the authors of our featured books, who will tell you more about their novels, read you a little taster section, and then answer some questions from our Pod Squad school book group and the Tales by Mail team. This month, we have a brand new Pod Squad. We sent the pupils of West Park Primary, Wolverhampton, copies of our June books so that they could share their reviews with you and grill our guest authors with their brilliant questions. So, let's get started. The first book in the Lands to Get Lost In box is... Children of the Quicksands by Efua Traore. Hello, Tales by Mail readers. I'm Efua Traore and I'm the author of Children of the Quicksands, which is a magical adventure story set in Nigeria. Simi is a 13-year-old city girl who is sent to a remote village where there's no TV or phone network or electricity to stay with her grandmother, whom she has never met. Her witch-like grandma seems to be more than just the healer and dispenser of advice for the villagers. And like Simi's mom, she's tight-lipped about the past, but Simi knows something must have happened that caused her mom and grandmom to quarrel, and she's determined to unravel the family secret. Simi soon finds herself steeped in myths, legends, and superstitions. But her real adventure begins when she strays into the forest to a forbidden lake and suddenly finds herself sinking into quicksand. Now I'm going to read you a short part of the book, and I've chosen chapter two. Journey to the Unknown The journey to Ajao turned out to be terribly exhausting. The untarred road was deeply rotted by rain and erosion, so that the driver only made slow and difficult progress. The car screeched and moaned so much that Simi worried they might not arrive in one piece. To the left and right, the dense forest crowded into the road. Tall trees and bushes, higher and thicker than she had ever seen anywhere around Lagos, gave the road a pleasantly cool shade. But at the same time, the forest, towering high above them, felt threatening. What are these trees? she asked the old driver, who hadn't spoken a word since they left. Trees. He turned his gaze from the road to look at her, and she immediately worried about him not seeing the next pothole. What are those trees called, the tall ones? she asked a little louder. He looked at her from underneath his wrinkled eyelids. Brown teeth, stained with cola nuts, flashed as his mouth split into a crooked grin. Iroko, this is Iroko tree, tree of spirits, he said in a cracked voice. She nodded quickly and breathed a sigh of relief when he finally turned back to face the road. Tree of spirits, his words echoed in her mind like ghostly whispers and she felt queasy as she stared at the long-limbed trees. Woman, where they take you? She be your grandmother, he said after a short while. That didn't sound like a question, but she felt she had to say something, so she replied, yes. Your grandmother, she be very good woman. People know I'm well, well. 
Well, not known by me, Simi thought, and looked out of the window listlessly. After an hour's drive, as Simi had feared, there was a loud crash, and the car got stuck in a pothole. The driver made a hissing sound and clicked his tongue loudly. You go help me, he grumbled over his shoulder. He got out of the car, bent down, and disappeared from view. Simi opened the door and climbed out gingerly. The old man knelt in front of the car on the rough ground, muttering, Kia, kia, he suddenly called. Quick! He pointed to the back of the car with a crooked index finger. Push! Simi stumbled quickly to the rear. A sudden rustling sound in the bushes beside her made her look around nervously. The huge Iroko trees on both sides of the road trembled in the breeze and seemed to arc over her like agitated giants. Goosebumps formed on her skin as she remembered the driver's words. Push! The driver called again. Simi's head jerked up. The rustling from the bushes came again, and she tried to put away all thoughts of snakes and other animals that might be lurking in the forest. She began to push the car with all the energy she could muster. The car hardly budged. What if they did not get the car out, she thought, as she looked around fearfully. In the last half hour, they had not driven past a single village or town or seen a single person. We love this reading. Thank you so much, Efwa. Now let's find out what our pod squad thought about Children of the Quicksands. What was your favourite part of the book? My favourite part of the book was when Jay betrayed Simi with Mokta. Jay thought he was doing the right thing, but the right thing was to let Simi go back into the quicksands world. My favourite part of the book was when Simi went to the quicksand world for the second time because you could sort of feel like you were in the quicksand world while you were reading it. My favourite part of the book was when Simi found Toyin in the quicksands. I liked it because Toyin gave a reason to stay in the quicksands. Did you enjoy reading a story set in Africa? What are some of the places in the world that you would like to read more about in stories? I enjoyed this book set in Africa because it was set in Nigeria and the villages aren't the richest of places. Its language is also similar to Igbo, which is the language my parents speak. I would love the next book to be set in Madagascar. Yes, I liked it from Africa because it shows how people were healed in the olden days and how the gods that used to rule over villages and people and the traditions. I speak Igbo and similar to Yoruba so I can pronounce it to my friends so they can understand. As an African, I love my culture and traditions. I speak Yoruba so I could understand every single non-English word that was in the book. And I love the culture and traditions that was in the book and the overall discipline. I love the books set in Africa because I'm from Africa, so I like hearing things that might already know in the books, such as foods, clothes, and festivals. I would love your next book to be based in Cameroon or Niger. I enjoyed reading a story set in Africa because it's unique to most stories I read. I enjoyed the book because I am an African and I was born there. I love being able to share my African culture, such as the food, the clothes, and the musicians with my friends. I would love the next book to be based in Onichiba, Isoleku, or any other places in Africa. Simi's grandmother is a bit of a mysterious character. 
We learn lots about her over the course of the book, but what were your first impressions of Grandma? I thought Ilana was cruel and never let Simi do much. After Simi got to know her way, she wasn't as cruel and was protective. When we first met Ilana, she forced Simi to do everything herself. I had an eerie feeling that she might be rude, a rude person since her first word was ignorance. I think she was strict and a workaholic, but would do anything for the one she loved. When we first saw her in the book, I didn't. I thought that she didn't want anything to do with her daughter. She was a very mysterious character throughout the book. I thought that Grandma Ilana was strict because she kept on commanding Cindy to do lots of stuff in the same. My impression of Cindy's um, grandmother was she was strict and helpful because she didn't help Cindy carry her bags in the house, but she told her to do it herself. But she also helped the people of the village. When we first met her, she wasn't surprised with anything and she was very quiet and mysterious. My impression when we met the grandma was helpful because she was helping the community. Why do you think Simi didn't tell anyone what she saw beneath the forbidden light sooner? Simi kept her a secret because she would get in trouble if she told anyone. She might have thought she would be banished or punished for disobeying Ianya. I think she knew that she would get in trouble and the tension between her and her grandmother was already a lot on her shoulders. It might cause trouble and Pablo might ask why she didn't help Moro get out. I think Simi didn't tell anyone because she was scared to and might cause trouble between her and her grandmother. I think Simi didn't tell anyone because she would be sent back to Lagos. She would get even more curious about the Lagos. She wouldn't like it if she was sent back to Lagos. If you could think of another title for this book, what might it be? The Dark Story of the Underworld. Yanla's Pledge. Gods of the Lake. Grandmothers, Mothers and Daughters. Quicksand Gods. An Adventure in Another World. Sing and the Land of Quicksands. People in the... Which character would you like to meet from this book in real life? I would love to meet Simi because I would like to know if she had another chance to go to the Quicksands Girls, what would she do? I'd like to meet Toyin and ask him what was about the connection with him and the other world. I would like to meet Toyin because I would like to know what life is like in the quicksands. What brilliant answers. We'd love to learn more about the land of the quicksands too. We'll talk to Efwa a bit later when our pod squad ask her their questions. First though, let's discover the second book from our Lands to Get Lost in box. The book in question is... The Night Silver Promise by Annalise Avery. Hello, I'm Annalise Avery, author of The Night Silver Promise, an epic fantasy adventure that takes place in a world that is very similar to our own in some respects and very different in others. For example, when you're born, wherever the stars are in the celestial mechanism, that tells you what your destiny is. I'm going to read to you from the very beginning of the book, towards the end of chapter one. As I said, everybody in this world receives a destiny that is written in the stars at the moment of their birth. And our main character, Paisley Fitzwilliam, has lived 13 long years without having received her destiny. Most people get theirs when they're tiny, when they're a baby. But Paisley hasn't received hers yet. So when we join her, she's just visiting her local mechanist chapel and is about to find out what the stars have in store for her. The schematica was waiting for her on the dias. Her left wrist tingled in anticipation. Like most mechanist machines, the schematica was elegant in its design. 
the slot at the top was just the right size for the copper disc, and the circular hole at the front was just the right size for her hand. Paisley could feel the rise and fall of her chest now. This was it. The cogs of fate had already turned for her, and she was about to know what her track held. Excitement jostled with fear and won out. She held her breath as she placed her hand into the machine, palm up, and then placed the disc in the slot with her other hand. For a moment, nothing happened, and then the machine closed around Paisley's forearm, trapping her hand and wrist inside. Her breathing quickened. She felt a clamminess come over her. Paisley's wrist began to burn. She bit her lip and tears sprang down her cheek. But the pain subsided in a moment. The schematica opened and Paisley tentatively pulled out her hand. She held her arm up to the light, studying the splattering of golden stars on her wrist. Paisley smiled. She finally had her track. She was just like everyone else in the Empire. But there was something strange about her stars. In all the charts she had ever seen, the golden dots were scattered over a circle, defining its circumference, filling its surface. But her stars were scattered in a semicircle, as if it were missing its other half. From the bottom of the schematica came a long piece of parchment. It had Paisley's name typed on it in Old Celtic. Below her name was a drawing identical to the stars on her wrist. Paisley looked beyond this at the series of symbols and detailed explanations. She translated each one quickly. They told her what type of a person she was and how the cogs of her track would turn. She smiled broadly, reassured at the strange grouping of her stars, as everything that she read about herself rang true. Her stars said that she was brave and loyal, that she stood by the truth and would fight for the rights of others and herself. Her stars said that she would put the needs of others before herself and that she should be aware of her own needs and interests from time to time. Then she paused. As Paisley translated the last section of her chart, her mouth became dry. She read the lines once, twice, a third time. Her breathing came fast and her heart sounded in her ears. Fear gripped her. You will be brave. And you will try your hardest. You will have far to go, but you will not have long to travel. You will suffer great losses. Your stars say that you will fail. Your stars say, Paisley Fitzwilliam, that before the end of your 14th turning, your cog will cease, your track will end, and you will die. Oh no, poor Paisley. What an exciting way to begin a book with a doomed heroine. Thank you for that reading, Annalise. Now it's over to our pod squad to hear what they thought about the Night Silver Promise. What was your favourite part of the book? My favourite part of the book was when the veil was opened because everything got like very dramatic. My favourite part was when Paisley and the Dark Dragon fought because when she came back from the dead, it was very exciting. My favourite part of the book was when... Paisley helped Dax on the roof scene from Roach because it just felt like a family scene because if she wasn't there, Dax could have died. My favourite part of the book was when Corbett found out that Dax was drug and touch because I liked seeing his reaction. 
My favourite part of the story was when Hayley fought a dragon walker and she got to cut on her back because I thought it's when she was going to die. Paisley has a lot of admirable qualities. Tell me what you like about Paisley. She's great. How she, how she protects her brother. How she came back from the dead. Never gives up. How she's hardworking. Would you like to have your future laid out your, on a track on your wrist? No, because if I get my tracks and I want to change it, I can't. No, because if, you, if you, your track is to do something you didn't want to do, then and then you tell some like your parents they don't want to do it. Your parents will will say that that's rude, and if your track is to die, you'll feel very stressed. Um, no, because you will get very stressed when you find out the day you will die. The Night Silver Promise is the first book in a new series. What would you like to happen in the next book? I want Hazley to awaken her dragon touch, and like be the reincarnation of one of the greatest great dragons. The dark dragon gets defeated but Lorena fights for the dark dragon. Hazley has to sacrifice herself for her right to come back and defeat the dark dragon. The sorceress just come in the veil and that becomes fully dragon touched. Um they bring back mum and dad from the veil and they fight the drag the dark dragon for the final time. If you were going to sum this book up in just three words, what would they be? Track, death, dragon. Um, dragon, stars and fighting. Dragon, bravery and death. Bravery, courage and dragon touch. If we had to pick three words to describe the Knights of a Promise, I think they'd have to be destiny, adventure and dragons. We can't wait to find out what happens in the next part of the series when it comes out. Now, though, it's back to our pod squad as they grill F. Wedge Rore and Annalise Avery more about their books. Um, were you born in Africa to have this experience? No, I was actually born in Germany, where I lived until I was three years old, and then my parents moved to Nigeria. I can't remember moving, though. I was too little. But I remember my mom said... She was very proud of me because I was such a brave three-year-old. Even though I didn't understand a single word of English, I went into my new kindergarten in Nigeria every day without complaining. And very soon I was trolling new songs and words in English. What inspired you to make this book? Many things inspired me to write The Night Silver Promise. My love of astronomy and science definitely paid played a key role in the writing of the Night Silver Promise, as did the the vision of Paisley and Dax and their relationship as brother and sister. Um, I've got three children and they're quite close to each other and I wanted to capture some of their relationship within the relationship of Paisley and Dax. Hi everyone, my question is what inspired you to write this book based on The idea for the story was actually inspired by the place where I grew up, which was a little town in Nigeria where I had an adventurous and absolutely never boring childhood. We lived at the very edge of town, so beyond our house there was nothing but bushes, farmlands and forests. And my friends and siblings and I, with my little sister often perched on my back, would often go in search of mangoes or adventures.
and we would scale fences and farm gates, slide down this secret red valley we discovered, and explore this vast stretch of dry land we used to call desert. But our most thrilling discovery was a mysterious hidden lake with muddy red water and slippery banks that were like quicksand. So when I wrote Children of the Quicksands, it sort of grew out of this setting. I kind of knew it would be a magical adventure and that it would center on a forbidden lake with quicksand, just like in the place of my childhood. Hey, Annelise, did any of these characters got inspired by one of the people you met? Uh, so as I said earlier, the relationship that my, my three children have with each other was was quite inspirational to the writing of The Night Silver Promise. But also my children did inspire some of the characters. So my eldest daughter, Liberty, she helped her initially inspire Paisley. And then my son, Oak, he helped her inspire Dax. And then my youngest daughter, Crystal, uh, she's very much the inspiration for Odelia. But each of those characters, Dax, Odelia and Paisley, Although they might have started with a few aspects from my children, they, they grew into becoming their own people and defining themselves as characters. There are also a couple of characters in the books that are named after some of my favourite teachers. I like to use different names and, and use those in my story. Do you take anything you wrote in this book by personal experience? Well, in a way, yes. The contrast of living in a more rural area versus living in a mega city like Lagos is based on personal experience. When I turned 14, we moved to Lagos, and I remember I was stunned by the impressions, the urgency of daily life, cable TV, parties, the coolness of the people. And I soon realized there was so much I didn't know or had just not cared about until then, things like style, type of music, latest films and series suddenly seemed very important. And um, there are often prejudices against rural places. And I got to hear some comments that were not too nice and some kids made fun of me at the beginning. But I adjusted quickly and luckily soon fit in and, and made many new friends. So I, I think that's why it was important to me on one hand to show that a simpler life in a rural area can be very beautiful and fun and full of adventure. But at the same time, in contrast, I wanted to show the bustling industrious life of a Nigerian city to show different sides of Nigeria. Will this book be turned into a movie? I do hope so. I do have a film agent and at the moment she is sending the book script round to lots of different people. But there are so many books out there that, that get sent out to, um, to producers and to film companies uh, that you never can tell. But if it's in my stars, then hopefully yes. Did you have any ups and downs while making this book? Well, not really. It was actually a very interesting writing process, though, because I, I began reading the book to my children while I was still writing it. So we would snuggle up in bed in the evenings and I would read a chapter or two to them every day. And they absolutely loved it. And it was wonderful hearing their thoughts and questions along the way and seeing their excitement and worries about what would happen next. 
sometimes they were quite shocked at how I ended a chapter with a cliffhanger and would make they would make me read one more chapter. And they kept asking for more. So we soon caught up with my writing and I had to write faster than ever before to keep up and finish. Hi, Annalise. My question is, do you write any other genres than fantasy? Yes, I think so. I'd quite like to have a go at writing perhaps a mystery or uh, some kind of of whodunit novel. I think whatever I write, there will always be elements of the fantastical about it, or maybe elements of science fiction. I'd quite like to go at writing a, a pure science fiction book as well. Do you know what your next book is going to be about? My next book is another children's novel set in Nigeria. And from what I've written so far and knowing myself, there will be myths and lots of superstitions and magic again. We couldn't resist asking a question too. Annalise, what can you tell us about the follow-up to The Night Silver Promise? Oh, I don't, I don't know how much I can tell you about t- book two. I know it's always once you've read a first book, you want to know what happens in the next book. But I think sometimes the waiting and the discovering for yourself is much better than having other people tell you what's going to happen. So I can tell you that the Dark Dragon is going to be up to doing absolutely no good whatsoever in, in book number two. And that Paisley has, she has some hurdles to overcome and obviously a mission on her hands because at the end of book one we see that that she has been separated for Dax so so obviously Dax is very important to her and making sure that he is okay is going to be Paisley's number one priority at the beginning of book two. We can barely wait for those second books. A big thanks to our pod squad for their fantastic questions and to F.Y. Traore and Annalise Avery for their wonderful books and for sharing their thoughts with us today. And thanks to all of our listeners. We hope that you've enjoyed our Lands to Get Lost in theme podcast. If you missed out on our June box, you can still grab one from our website. The next Tales by Mail boxes will be sent in August and the theme is The Stranger, The Better. Prepare to meet some wonderfully eccentric characters on amazing adventures. You can sign up for a subscription over at www.talesbymail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Join us again next time for another Tales by Mail adventure. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening.